It's the end of the month, which means it's time for a media spotlight. So our last episode was pretty long. Um, if you listen to our episode on Eowyn and Arwen, you're like, oh man, I need a break. <laughs> so this month's media spotlight is going to be short and much lighter than the last two spotlights in many ways. Um, a little more of a just for fun spotlight. The hardcover title is All for the Love of Mothers. The softcover title is Memoirs of a Midwife, subtitled True Stories from a Catholic German Midwife Before, After, and During World War One. As excited as I am to share about this book, this is a tough spotlight for me, precisely because it's more of a fun one. So I don't have bullet points as to why various age groups or people in certain states of life should read it. I took this problem to my husband, <laughs> explaining that I didn't want to give too much away or read extensively from the book, uh, but also that... I didn't want it to be just a two-minute, hey, this book is great, check it out, <laughs> blurb. Um, and he asked me how the book had affected me, how it had changed my outlook on life, or how I approached our marriage, and suggested that I share that, which was perfect advice, of course, and determines what I do have to share about the book to give context for my experience. Memoirs of a Midwife is autobiographical. It is written in the first person by Lisbeth Berger about her experiences as a midwife over the course of 40 years, beginning with the parish priest coming to her house to speak with her mother about how he had basically nominated her daughter to become the next village midwife. Costs were covered, her daughter was already expected to join the next midwifery course, and immediately uh, we see the mother struggling with the old heresy that all of us are conceived in sin, that um, the conjugal act is inherently sinful. She objects to her daughter, to her unmarried daughter, being exposed to the mess of childbearing. And the defense that the parish priest gives is simple, you know, it's not, it's not a long uh, scholarly thesis, but it's beautiful. And for the simplicity of the defense, he remains eloquent. So we follow Lisbeth through her career, and in writing these memoirs, she was intentional in wanting her memoirs to give instruction to younger generations. It's not like a day-to-day -day diary. Um, rather, she chooses which stories to tell and ends up covering a vast range of life experiences, because as the village midwife, she's a regular part of everyone's lives, and the time that she spends with various families exposes her to the whole spectrum of marriage and parenting dynamics, both good and bad. Lisbeth sees families with a culture of respect, and she also sees families where there's imprudence and abuse. 
she sees some children being raised to be virtuous and others being utterly spoiled. She watches the effects on the family of women having to work and having to work, unfortunately, within 24 hours of having just given birth. You know, we're, we're looking at a time before maternity leaves. Uh, daughters left without the protection of fathers due to war or with weak fathers and domineering mothers. Parents in general becoming more lax with their children as a result of having gone through such hardships during the war and having afterwards this unhealthy fixation, which I think um, exists to this day, on ensuring ease and happiness for their child because the effect of seeing so many children go hungry is coming to the conclusion that they should not have so many children and that the few children that they have should be spared every suffering. Lisbeth watches the rise of children being conceived out of wedlock, the rise of miscarriages, of divorces, of single motherhood, um, a rise in infidelity in marriages stemming from young women not holding men to high standards of chastity, and because of parents failing to emphasize the importance of doing so, a lot of young women blaming their parents for their unhappy marriages or for their single motherhood, and rightly so, because something I would never have thought of as a possible effect of the availability of contraception Parents were essentially prostituting their daughters, giving them contraceptive devices, and encouraging them to bring their young men home with the hope of catching a good husband with sex. The rise of abortion and the rise of abuse of women by men, precisely because abortion was available to cover up their conquests, is also covered in this book. And now that I think about it, as I talk about parents handing their child contraceptives, I guess... I guess that is something that happens, but we've even moved past uh, the idea that it might catch a good spouse. <laughs> now parents just hand it to kids being like, well, I don't want to deal with your mistakes. You know, I, I, I don't believe in your self-control, um, but I, I don't want to hear about your mistakes. Which is not to say that everything was fine and dandy before the war. There were certainly many people with poorly formed consciences and poor catechesis, with a raging disorderly love for money and zero respect for human life. And certainly Elizabeth is not operating with rose-colored glasses on. She sees too many deaths that could have been prevented by a little selflessness. It's just fascinating being able to follow the changes in attitude towards and understanding of marriage as a sacrament, as a means of sanctification, as ordered towards the salvation of spouses. We watch people through Lisbeth's eyes becoming more and more selfish as time goes on, more and more violent and ugly as there rises a profound rejection of God's designs. And then, of course, you also begin to see the growing divide, um, you know, the ever sharper contrast between those who live in faith and those who live without it. There's suffering on both sides, but those who live in faith suffer and grow, grow stronger through their sufferings, whereas those who live without it, their lives just spiral into ruin. 
It's an excellent study of human nature. Um, again, very instructive in its own way and thoroughly captivating precisely because it's anecdotal. It's not a lesson plan. And yet the story format makes the lessons easier to grasp and internalize and immediately imply. So all of that said, <laughs> going back to my husband's question of how this book has affected me or helped me, I would say that first that Memoirs of a Midwife has helped me to have more compassion for the struggle of men with regards to chastity and to understand how important it is for my sanctification as well as for my husband's to embrace the idea of marital debt and to be committed to fulfilling it as perfectly as possible. Second, it's confirmed for me how much power God has given woman to influence man as well as how poorly women in every age, not just the modern one, have exercised this power. It has unveiled for me areas where I did not previously realize that I had been infected by modern, toxic, unbiblical feminist ideas. Third, it makes me appreciate how accessible accurate and engaging catechetical materials are to the laity today. One of my greatest faults is getting so angry uh, at how poorly catechized so many Catholics are today. But this book removed my rose-colored glasses of supposing that I could claim in a sort of general way um, that everyone prior to Vatican II were superiorly catechized to those who came after. Uh, it's made me appreciate even more being born when God willed me to be born, grateful that the battles I have to fight are not the ones about which I read in this book. But I think the most important thing this book has done for me is to make me appreciate my husband more. Um, it's, it's made me appreciate how available he is to connect with his kids and how eager he is to do so. It's made me appreciate how willing he is to help me bear the work with which a wife is properly tasked, how generous he is with me and how attentive. This book was written in a time where men were not only not expected to play a part in the delivery of their children, but largely discouraged <laughs> and stereotyped against as being useless and being in the way. And it's a very recent uh, phenomenon, I think, that men are being encouraged now to be more involved in their wife's journey of labor and delivery. Reading this book makes me so grateful that I live in this modern age where my husband is not only permitted to remain near me as a source of strength through labor, but an age where he is encouraged to do so. You know, my husband is now my primary coach through labor, reminding me to breathe, <laughs> swaying with me. Um, and I, I cannot tell you what an experience it is to look up into his eyes knowing that my face is just contorted with pain and seeing him radiating joy 
and excitement and peace being steady for me when I feel like I'm completely out of control. And then to have my dear husband who hates blood, you know, who occasionally faints when he has to have his blood drawn, (laughs) that somehow when we're going through labor together, all of that miraculously disappears. And what a privilege it is to be able to share with others that my husband catches his children, that he sees them and loves them, not from the first encounter being with a child who is all cleaned up and fed and sleeping quietly and wrapped and made pretty, but that he sees them truly from the first moment in their extreme vulnerability as they come into the world And he does not hesitate to immediately kiss their mess of hair and their sweet cheeks that are still coated in vernix. You know, it's not clean, but it's so beautiful in its rawness. For this reason alone of being more appreciative of my husband and especially the role he plays bravely and enthusiastically in helping to bring his children into the world, Reading and rereading this book is absolutely worth it every time. So if you're looking for something that's mostly fun, but that you can still expect to be instructive in many areas of marriage and parenting, check out Memoirs of a Midwife, or the hardcover title, All for the Love of Mothers, by Elizabeth Berger. Enjoy! Thank you so much for joining us. You can find all the quotes and resources referenced in today's episode on our website. We'd love to hear from you, and we're looking forward to having you with us again next week on the Will to Wife podcast.